0: And we'll explore the strange, unusual, offbeat, bizarre, intriguing, interesting, invigorating, quirky, quaint, quizzical, weird, wild, wacky, the fun, the frivolous, and the fringe, plus all the spaces in between. I am your host, Daniel J. Glenn. This week, we look to the future of the DeLorean Which may sound a little strange considering the company went out of business almost 40 years ago. What kind of future can a bankrupt company possibly have? Well, turns out quite a bright one and extraordinarily interesting one, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, We're talking with Stephen Wynn, CEO of the DeLorean Motor Company. And yes, the company still exists. Uh, he he runs it. There there are four franchises, I believe. Uh, one here in in California, and and it's still alive and kicking. They are still doing services on DeLoreans, doing full ground up rebuilds, uh, even thinking about creating, uh, producing brand new DeLoreans. It's alive, well, and extraordinarily healthy, which is as much of a shock to me as anyone else, but I'm excited to find out what's going on here. So, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Now, I got to say, right when we kick this off, you have a shop right in Huntington Beach, I believe. I'd love to check it out. Your son runs it. Um, That's that's great. We got to get down there and, and shoot some video for this.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely! And right now he's loaded with cars. I think he's got something like thirty cars in the shop. It's oh, my God. In- Yeah, it's absolutely insane. So, um, yeah, it'd be you know, it'd, you know, whenever you know, more than happy to go there any time. Oh, uh, great. and I know that I know they're just finishing a time machine conversion for oh, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. for any any client. You know, the guy who wrote uh, Ready Player One.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They yeah, well, he's the- he, yeah, we we sold him his original DeLorean because he lives in Austin. Um, but now he's he, over the years, it was a bit of a, a a weird conversion. It was it was half a time machine, half a kit car, and half a a, um, a Ghostbusters. And now he's sort of making it more more fitting with the way he, the way he had the car in the movie for Ready Player One. <laughs>
0: Well, so now you guys. So you you you'll do that. You'll do repairs on custom cars and time machines and everything too.
1: We in the story. Uh- basically in, in the store in california uh my service manager there yeah. is really in is really into the, all the time machine stuff and he helped with the restoration of the you know of the A car yeah. you know for universal and stuff like that so oh, so wow. because of be, because of his enthusiasm we do it um i wouldn't do it here in houston just because you know you've got to be really into that kind of stuff to get it right and uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. you know you know although we're not into you know we're into DeLoreans there, yeah. like here, but we're more into DeLoreans here in Houston, uh, probably because of my influence. That, you know, I'm, I'm I'm more DeLorean the car, not DeLorean the movie prop. <laughs> right.
0: No, but that's great. When we go down there, I'd love to, to talk with him. If he put, if he restored the, uh, the one in Universal, I mean, that one's beautiful. Um, yeah, that that yeah, sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'd love to set that up with you.
1: Yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So now how did you get into DeLoreans? I mean, it seems like such a niche thing. You're Because you're from the UK, right? You're from Liverpool.
1: Yeah 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 I came over to the states in uh, in actually in nineteen eighty uh-huh. uh, I started off for a short while uh, as a service manager in a Renault dealer, believe it or not in in uh-huh. the boston area really and then i yeah but I moved in the winter time and and we said no more. we only did one winter in Boston. it was like no way and then we moved we moved to l a <laughs> yeah. um, and i was and I was in west l a at the start as as a service manager of an independent that did French cars um which sort of converted me over more from you know being an english car mechanic to becoming more of an english and french car mechanic um and then i opened up my own shop which was in the valley where we would do english and french cars you know peugeot renault ng Mm -hmm. triumph Mm -hmm. jaguars lotus you know and, and along came delorean which was basically an english and french car and um, we had a few of our, uh, of our customers at the time that had DeLoreans and they were having difficulty getting them serviced by the dealers, even though they were still under warranty. So, you know, they'd ask us to look at them and we started looking at them and we liked them. It was a cool car. You know, it was the, you know, it was the it car of the early eighties, of course. Right. So how could we not like it? Right. Um, and then, and then just, you know, over, a, over a very short period in time, Gained more of a liking for DeLoreans than the other cars, and and then you know sensed that the you know there was there was some potential. I didn't think it was, it would go as far as it did, but uh, you know I, you know after about two years of working on DeLoreans and other cars, I ended up dropping all the other cars and 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 transitioned to exclusively with DeLorean. And you know, and then the rest is history, as we say. <laughs> yeah, that lasted what six, eight months. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and here I here I am now, thirty five years down the road. Right. You know, still doing the same thing.
0: <laughs> right. No, it's crazy because I mean, because you're probably an exclusive mechanic for six, to eight months. And then the company goes bankrupt, and then I mean, what a turn of fortune to like to be to own the company because you're the the president, CEO, the main guy. Do you like Mr. President? I don't have to call you Mr. President, do I?
1: <laughs> no, do you prefer no. Prefer it. No, no, absolutely not. No,
0: just okay. even. <laughs> okay. And and you come from kind of a long line of famous and influential Stephen Wins because the the one in Vegas put together the Mirage and transformed the landscape of Las Vegas. And in some ways, you're kind of transforming yeah. the landscape of, of cars, at least um, cars that were exclusively small-run cars built between 1981 and
1: 1983. Yeah, yeah. That's true. very specific, and, and, you know, but that's you. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the Las Vegas Steve, when his, his his ex-wife's name was Elaine, and my wife's name's Elaine, it's it, it's, it's crazy, the similarities. Oh, that is, it's not the
0: same woman, is it? <laughs> no,
1: no, no. no, no different woman? No, but, no, no, no. Okay. No, I, just I wasn't had, sure how I through just, the similarities went, so that it ends at the name. No, no, okay. no, I just had my 42nd wedding anniversary last <laughs> week. <so> that, <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Well, Yes, one wife's enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, that's incredible. That is weird. So it's kind of like the Lincoln uh, Kennedy thing. You guys just have a lot of similarities. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, yes, yes. So now, when is. you when you came over from England, and, and as the I, I want to hear the story of how you kind of because the story of how you took over the company is pretty crazy. Um, but coming from the UK, did you feel some sort of national burden to kind of pull this company out of bankruptcy since it was such a <laughs> such a a wash and albatross for the UK government?
1: No, you know, I was I was just basically committed to an American lifestyle and wasn't really worried about anything English at at the time. Obviously, as the years have gone on, that that has become much more, uh, 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 you know. I'd say, a purpose of what we do or, you know, um, an add-on to what we did. You know, originally it was, you know, it sort of DeLorean went out of business and and, and like, oh, gee, this is a mess. You know, these people need help. Nobody's interested. And, you know, and then for five years it was like just head head down, you know, just – you know, sorting out issues that were happening, you know, suppliers, problems, parts, uh, right. part sourcing problems, right. uh, problems, that, you know, mechanical breakdowns that were happening with the car that the factory hadn't envisioned because they weren't ra- la- around long enough, you know, to see yeah. things through, right. you know, so, you know, basically always, you know, doing whatever I could to keep DeLoreans on the road, which has always been my mission, you know, is to, you know, is to make it, is to make it that people can drive their cars, Um You know, and then... It, it it then it, it sort of you know it becomes captive to me you know because you know you, you invest so much of your time and energy into it, and then you, then it's like okay well i've got to protect my business, so you know th- you know and, and right at the time when I was thinking I need to protect my business uh, all of the the people who'd done the original liquidation of the parts were thinking of were, were wanting to sell out, and it's like well you know if I, if I, if I really want to you know, to, to protect myself and my business, I need to make a play to buy all these parts. So I made a play to buy all the parts. And then once I bought all the parts, then it's like, okay, I I need to make sure that I'm always able to sell these parts. So then we started looking at the IP and and getting the trademarks and things like that, because obviously, you know, any, at any time, you know, my whole market could be jeopardized. So then, so then, you know, we had the parts, then we had the IP and then it's like, Oh well, we need to do something with all this, you know. Let's think about making cars again, you know. Right, so it's yeah. sort of it's like a, it's like a, a it's a self feeding. Beast that you keep that I keep having to feed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy. So
0: let's let's go back just a step because I like all the stuff you talked about, and I want to talk about the especially the IP and how you acquired all of these things. Um, but you were kind of around because you were obviously, as you mentioned, you were a mechanic doing these things in the early '80s. So the company goes bankrupt and goes into receivership. Uh, So Mm -hmm. what's happening? Like just in 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 small notes here, what's happening during that period of time, and how are you involved uh, in in that?
1: Well, well, you know, obviously, I'm just an independent mechanic with you know with a shop. You know, you know, again, more cars were sold in Southern California the or the state of California than anywhere. And most were huh. sold in Southern California and then the ones of Southern California were sold in LA. So it right. was a- a- arguably the you know the, the, the highest <laughs> right. y- y- you know, the highest population of DeLoreans that we were dealing with. So um you know so you, you know, it made sense, you know, to you know to go to go, you know, headfirst into it. Um, and, you know, and, 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 like I mentioned earlier, um, there was no factory support. There was nothing. It was just a case of get on with it. You know, the, obviously in the day, there was the, uh, original DeLorean owners club, which were, which were also very good and supportive and, you know, and we work with them, but you know, they, they, they would also bring customers to me by, you know, by promoting us, you know, through their membership, which, which was also very nice. And then, in reciprocation, you know any time that we would come up with a fix for a problem that people were having we 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 would you know we would distribute that through the club and through their magazine and through their membership so it was you know a a good long term working relationship that we that we had with you know with the with the club with the base of owners, and then it became more of a network you know of supplying other people. Uh, around the country around the globe giving other mechanics tech help um you know just because there was there was nobody there so it was you know we 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 had to we we had to figure it out on our own
0: well so when this stuff, when it goes into receivership all this stuff right like all of the parts and all of the, the the blueprints and everything that kind of it has a couple of different owners before it lands into your hands uh, I yes. think it went through like two or three owners. So how did how did you get involved in in acquiring the like the mother load?
1: So so you know when 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 it all you know when it all went bankrupt you know it, you know um, a, a company called Consolidated International. They're the, they're the people that. Uh, bankrolled Delorean in the end, and they had like a note on about eighteen hundred vehicles. And when they went into receivership, they they took an option to take over everything. And during the course of that process, they they emptied out the factory of cars and all of the parts, and the uh, they emptied out uh, the national parts uh, distribution center, which was in Irvine, California, mm-hmm. and then they had a few a few smaller DC uh, distribution centers and. And they were based in Columbus, Ohio, so they were shipping it all into their facility. And it, as that was going on, they decided they didn't want to be in the parts business, so they sold the parts business off to a group of absentee um, investors who put, you know, just put a package together, and they they had it in a warehouse. Um, Uh, You know, and and there was probably a good six, nine months in the early days while that was going on where it was real sketchy because there was, you know, there was no availability and nobody Hmm. really knew what was going to happen. Just locked in a warehouse, uh,
0: right? Just, I mean, just put in a warehouse and locked up.
1: It it, it was in warehouses. It was in transit. You know, it was, it was, you know, it, it was a very it was a very sketchy period but but then the dust settled you know they got it into the warehouse and then myself and the ex dealers that that stayed working on the cause we we uh, and any other independents we would buy from these guys um, you know, and they they did that for you, you, nearly ten years. And as I say, they hmm. then then in the end they they decided that they they wanted out because they were you know you know the consolidated international uh, as a company morphed into big lots you know which is like the oh, retail yeah. store chain yeah, now yeah. you know so that's you know that sort of was there you know their background um and and then um the guys who who bought the parts you know in the initial period they sort of they they contacted any of the original suppliers and, and, and if they had any supplies left or any inventory left, you know they, they sort of bought it off them at a knockdown price. But they were, but they but after that they were pure liquidators. You know they mm-hmm. never they never were interested in developing anything. It was just liquidate. You know just right. you know just sell the stuff. So um they, they they you know after seven or eight years they got to a point where there was there were some serious holes in the inventory, especially of fast moving items. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it needed, it needed to be managed professionally and they were not interested in doing that. So, so they, so they actually, you know, they put it up for sale. It was actually offered for sale. I think it was in, it was in the wall street journal, you know, there was an oh, ad, wow. you know, like a classified ad, you know, do you want to buy the world's remaining <laughs> supply of, a, of DeLorean A classified components. ad in the wall street journal? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yeah. 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 It's amazing.
0: So, and you were like you so, circled it with a pen and you you called the number on the Well, <laughs> well,
1: well, well because because we were dealing with them, they also yeah. sent out a, you know, a prospectus to anybody that that they were dealing with. Oh, and I see. Um, you know, and, and and it seemed of interest to me, so I, you know, I obviously I was dealing with them, so I contacted them, you know, and I said, you know, what can we do? And they and you know, they sort of, you know, said an amount which was a huge amount. Um, and and, and my, my first thing was as well, I want to come and inspect this inventory. Uh, and, 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 and I went and luckily enough, I, you know, I went there. It was in the winter time and it was in Columbus, Ohio, which is, yeah. you know, it's bitterly cold on the outside. And this was a unheated 1900s era. A four-story warehouse where each oh floor was a hundred thousand square feet. You know, so it was just you know a a very run-down old building, uh, and 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 all of the inventory was on the third floor. You know, so it, you know cracked windows, the wind howling through. You know, just like a oh horror God. movie type of right. thing. Right? So <laughs> yeah. I, so, say. so I goes up there in the yeah. winter time, and they just basically gave me the keys and said, you know, if you want to, you know, here's the keys, and and left me wander around. And when I wandered around, it became apparent to me that their housekeeping was not very good
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: there was lots of items that they had. That they, would, that, that they didn't realize that they'd been refusing just because of their poor management style. You know, they never mm-hmm. did an inventory, you know, and, and their, their housekeeping was was atrocious. Um, so it was real good for me to go there because after spending two days of crawling around this dirty old dusty warehouse, I knew more about their inventory than what they did. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and then, and then we started the negotiation right. process. used it to your advantage
0: and, in the negotiating
1: standpoint. Yeah yeah but it took it, they were very very hard negotiators yeah. and it took us 2 years of negotiating no kidding. um you know to you know to finally you know put the deal together and close on it um and 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 believe it or not apparently there were, they were they'd said after we closed and settled there there was there was maybe two other credible um interested parties um you know but no one was able you know, to finally put the package together like mm-hmm. I was. You know, mm-hmm. you know, to to do it. So, so, so that that happened um, in '97. You know, so then, you know, you know, I I was based in Houston at that time, and then I, you know, and I and I, I inherited this. Um, Hundred thousand square foot warehouse wow. <laughs> in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio. Right. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, and I was running up and down there every couple of weeks, and you know, and I had staff in there managing it for me. Um, you know, and that, that that was you know quite a challenge. Initially, I would thought that I would have stayed, just because of the moving cost, that I would have stayed in Columbus. But um, as as time get, went by. Um, and I didn't like going there in the winter time and, and, and just because, you know, it, 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 you know, there there were, when they would have bad snowstorms you know, they'd shut down for a week or or so at a time. And. Being in the sports car business, you know, and being based in the Sunbelt of Texas, you know, it seemed more and more uh, obvious to me that we needed to move it. So we eventually built the facility that we're in, and then we relocated all the inventory from there. Um, but it was still, you know, even, even by then, you know, they, they, they'd gone through a lot after 10 years of them running, they'd gone through a lot of inventory. But it was still. I think it was like seventy-five or eighty semi loads of inventory Whoa. when we moved. When we moved it out of there, so it was, you know, it was a huge undertaking, you know, to to to, you know, to do that and stay in business.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, yeah you couldn't have just wasted all your money on that and then <laughs> going bankrupt on the transport. Um, I mean, so you, so you have? Do you have all the the um, the 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 gold plated stuff, the extra gold plated uh, panels and no, everything?
1: No, no. No, all? there was there was there was only apparently one set of the gold plated stuff that they had in Extra. stock, okay. and, and 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 for 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 some reason that nobody knows, it was actually missing one door. So they had instead of it being eight panels, uh, they only had seven panels, and um, so so they they ended up putting putting a car together, and then they they had the 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 missing door. Plated in the states, but Got the plating it. didn't didn't match what what had been done in in Germany for the original ones. Right. So where 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 they thought this was under the consolidated uh, period, where they thought oh they you know they had a little literally a piece of gold here that they could sell off. It turned out that it was a tarnished piece of gold because the the one door didn't match. So in the end, they 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 put the car together. With the seven matching and one door that didn't, and and it was not a sellable vehicle, so they ended up actually uh, putting it up as a as, as a uh, as a charity raffle uh, oh, vehicle, right. you know, in the 90s, and um and then you know and they you know they 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 did some sort of a you know a, a tax planning around the value of the vehicle and were able <laughs> to offset right. something. Uh, And then that, that, so then basically all of what was left of the gold panels was consumed on that one particular vehicle.
0: Got it. So they put it all, so they they consolidated consolidated (laughs) all the parts into a third um, gold DeLorean that exists in Maryland, I believe, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah.
0: It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of amazing the guy came in and was like, hey, there's extra panels. Let's make another car. I mean, it's kind of a cool idea when you think about it. And now there's like this mythical third uh, gold DeLorean. Uh, so you have all these parts together and and, and, and so what what do you think uh, what is the future of what you're trying to do is it is it just a parts business or are you going to start making these cars again
1: no, well, uh, you know, we were very excited three years ago when, when the, uh, the, the the replica law was signed in, you know, which, you know, the law, you know, basically says that if you are a manufacturer of less than 5,000 cars globally, you can make 325 replicas of a car that was made 25 years or earlier, um, and the only thing that you have to do is confirm to current emission standards we don't have to go we don't have to go to safety standards like airbags or abs or any of the you know any of the other stuff so you know because prior to that if we'd wanted to make a car um we had to confirm to to the same safety standards as as you know as the big three you know and that's to re-engineer it well, it's $15 million a year in testing per model, right. um, and that's assuming it's going to pass, you know, and, and some things, you know, <laughs> right. from, you know, where the vehicle from the 80s just cannot be engineered to pass, you know, it's just, it, you know, they just don't make cars that way anymore, so right. it was always cost prohibitive. We, we could have, and we'd looked at it a few times over the years, we could have went into, like, the kit car, you know, like the guys who do the, repl- you know, like the Cobras and, and sell yeah, yeah. cars as a kit, but we always thought Delorean was too valuable as a brand to be a kit car. Yeah, you I know, agree. we thought, you know, so we, we always shied away from that thinking, you know, hopefully one day we'd be able to make new cars. And then when this law came in, we thought, wow, this is it, we're on, you know, and basically it was uh, Pre- President Obama uh, Obama who signed it in and and basically uh congress uh, the 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 EPA and DOT were given 12 months to make it, you know to make you know to to go come up with the guidelines and mm-hmm. put it in and put put it into being well you know here we are now 3 years down the road uh, coming on 4 and and EPA still hasn't done nothing so uh. unfortunately um we're you know we're still on hold um with with the EPA and well, EPA is okay now. It's DOT. It's NHTSA actually, National Highway uh, Safety. People, yes. they've just got to. They've got to give us this final guideline. And unfortunately, current president has to appoint a chief of NHTSA, and then the chief of NHTSA has to get their staff around them. And then you know, and and unfortunately, NHTSA is dealing with you know the Takata deal and the dealing with autonomous vehicles. You know, so you know. To, to To follow through with the replica law and, and and come up with this document that we meet that we and other low volume manufacturers need we're not really high on the list of of their priorities and, right. and that's a shame you know that right. we, you know we're, we're, we're constantly trying to nudge them and push them and and, and even with a group with CIMA which you know um, CIMA have been great in trying to in, in working to get the law in, into place um, you know but now you know I think the latest is we're threatening to sue NHTSA as a group, to, you know, to say, come on, guys, let's get going, you know, right. um, you know, so who knows, but it's, um, but, but that's, for us, you know, in, in, in 2015, we, we, you know, when they said originally, you know, it's going to be in, it's going to be in place, you, you know, in 12 months, we went gangbusters, you know, we, we looked at the car, we decided you know, started looking at, um current engine manufacturers mm-hmm. um seeing who would uh, and, and luckily everybody wanted to talk to us which was very nice all of the oems were quite happy to talk to delorean about supplying us with engines so right. so that was that was really nice and then we looked at the car and said okay what would we like to change what what needs to be improved what we what can we incorporate you know in a replica that would make the car look the same but improve it. So we went down that path, and then we we engaged with an engineering company in the UK. You know, because originally all of the, um, the the engineering for the car was done by Lotus Engineering. Mm-hmm. So we we actually contacted a whole bunch of the uh, Lotus Engineering. Unfortunately, closed down a few years ago but we managed to find some of the remnants of that and and we and we commissioned these people to you know to engineer all of the upgrades and, and modifications oh. that we'd wanted to do to the car you know and we had a program going and, so and you really went was a, the great. whole hog on this thing you really went yeah, after yeah yeah we you know, we were taking it serious yeah. very very serious and, and 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 you know and then we were then after 12 months and, and the, we didn't get the final guidelines we had to start putting things on a hold because you know once we spend all this r- serious money on development right. you, unless we're able to sell cars immediately you know a small company like us can't take yeah. on that kind of an expense and not right. have a return on it yeah. so so we've ended up having to slow the whole process down now because um, you know we we just have to wait for nitsa to give us these guidelines
0: that's insane, but so the the plan is to go forward with a new production line. It's just being held yes. up in Congress, which which is not surprising at all. Yes. So let me ask you one other one one question here. So what kind of got me interested in Delorean is I did this great episode on electric cars with this company called EV West down in San Diego. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so what was kind of cool is they took me – they have a DeLorean there. Someone bought a DeLorean, and they're going to electrify it. And so I did a video with them. But what was kind of crazy – and I don't know if maybe – I'm just curious what the actual story is because Michael told me that – it was a brand new off the line DeLorean that was just manufactured, and that's kind of how I learned about you guys and got into the went down the whole DeLorean uh, rabbit hole. Um yes. but, but I have a fee- so because he told me, oh, this you know, it's got like zero miles on it; it's like off the factory, and I was like, whoa, that's yes. amazing. He's like, this is probably the only one in the world, and I was like, oh my god, that's incredible. Um, but so
1: is that true? What is that a special one or what happened? It's it's very close to being true. So wow, really from. From 2006 through 2011, uh-huh. we did we, we had a remanufactured DeLorean program where we would take an original DeLorean, strip it down, and then if it, and then and then. And then basically use re, re, refurbish the original chassis or under or fiberglass underbody, okay. and then build the car up with everything new: new engine, new transmission, new brakes, new suspension, new wiring, and and we wow. would do you know, but we would retain the original 1981 registration um, from okay. the from the donor car, uh, so like the and, VIN and number would, and the
0: and all that. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yes, and we would do like five or six of those calls a year, um, wow. and then and then by about 2011, um, I, I was not, I didn't like what we were doing. We, we 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 had plenty of orders and plenty of interest for people, but it, they they were quite expensive, and for me. It wasn 't a good enough car, you know we weren't doing enough upgrades to the car um so so I basically stopped the program, um which we upset a lot of people, but it it just you know it, it just didn't make sense for me I, I was i wasn't thrilled with the product that we were doing mm-hmm. so so we we pulled it and then right about that time, um Tesla came out with the original uh with the original roadster you know and, and i was very impressed with it and you know and you know and then you know obviously when we realized you know they basically taken a lotus and, and electrified it um, right. so i thought so i thought hmm if they can do that i can do that right. so we actually, so we did a prototype um of of a of, a, uh, of an electric delorean just a proof of concept right. you know which was was finished about 2012 and we thought, great, you know, and our idea was to show it and see what, see what the reaction was and hopefully get ourselves a technical partner for you know, for the EV drivetrain because we realized very, very, very quickly that we didn't have the resources um, to develop an, an EV drivetrain. Again, this was 2012, so it was really early in the cycle. Um, but when we did the prototype, everybody loved it. It went nuts and it was like, oh, wow, this is great. But unfortunately, we never found a good enough partner to work with, mm. uh, and again, there was very few people around, and we had every kind of inventor and every dreamer came to us. I've got this idea, you know, we can use your brand, and we can raise money, and we can do this, and I wasn't interested unless it was a tried and tested product, right. um, and we didn't get that, so unfortunately, we had to shelve it, um, but then... Right at, you know and we'd been we'd been finished with it for a couple of years, but then we were approached by this one individual who said uh, I, you know I, I'm talking with the guys at e v west um, I want to do a fully electric Delorean would you build one of those cars like you were building for me, but without a drivetrain so as it would be you know a basis for you know for me to you know Take a Tesla or whatever, whatever I decide system, and have the guys at EV EV West integrate it for me. So we said sure. So so we built the car on those parameters. So it is. It's a 1981 wow. remanufactured zero mile car uh, <laughs> with, with with no you know with no engine, no fuel system. Right. And uh, no no, no cooling system, you know, basically ready for the folks at EV West, you know, to do the conversion. And and, and, and I think it was, a, you know, I think it was a pretty decent budget that they had to work with. And I know from talking to the guys at EV West over the years, the customers, you know, keep keeps the project to make it better and and believe it or not along the way he got so frustrated of waiting that he actually bought a regular DeLorean that we (laughs) restored for him so he actually drives a DeLorean now while he's waiting for his ultimate EV to arrive (laughs) that's so
0: funny yeah it was weird because I mean it's got a little bit of dust on it and it's kind of in the back and I was I, I don't know why it's not getting turned in I mean they're electrifying everything there um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know about that, but I love that the story checks out. So that's a yeah. one of a kind car. It really is. He was right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that's, that's right. incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's now. Why do you think? You know, one of the key things here, and I think this is really a question I'm trying to figure out: What do you think is the reason that this car has such such longevity? I mean, is it is it Back to the Future that really did it? Um, is it what, what's the is it the gullwing doors? Is it the stainless steel? What what is going on
1: with this thing? I think it's a multi-step um, process here. You know, obviously, it's a great design. It's a good-looking car. Um, the fact that it was made of stainless is unique. The gold wing doors makes it unique. Um, and, and the original design that Jaro did for the car... Is you know, excuse the pun, but it is quite timeless. You know, it it doesn't age. It, it you know, and 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 it's always soft on the eyes. So it's it, it's always stayed like a nice, relevant looking car. You know, you think of the cars that were around, you know, when DeLorean first came out. You know, and I've been around long enough to know that. But you think like you know, the um, say like the two eighty Z X Nissan or the very early five. 5 Series, BMWs, and, you know, and that list goes on and on of cars that were around. And they're all gone now. The people are not interested in them. You know, the 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 design of them didn't te- te- you know, stand the test of time. Then fortunately for DeLorean, you know, where it would have just went into obscurity, uh, along came the movies, which, you know, has been, pre- uh, you know, you know the car was chosen for the movie because of the design and the uniqueness and the look of the car and then the movie just you know propelled it to you know global stardom um, and you know, and now as the fame from the movie is fading, now it's coming back to the original car again, that people, you know, are more interested in the car, which is what I'm all about because, you know, I'm, you know, like, like I said earlier, it you know, the movie prop stuff is nice and it's great for, you know, keeping, you know, keeping the name out there, you know, but I'm more about the car itself than, than the movie prop, uh, right. angle.
0: Right, you're a purist. You're a DeLorean purist. Probably one of the few left in the world, to be honest. You, I mean, you're like uh, you're one of a kind.
1: Oh, I'm not one of a kind. There's a lot of us that like DeLoreans. I'm one. I'm, I'm one of. I'm one of many. It's, it, you, you, you'd be amazed at um, um, how many. You know how many. You know. You know, real hardcore enthusiasts there are. You know, and I have a great crew around me you know you know you you know you've spoken to James you know James Mm. you know has DeLorean running through his blood right Uh, Sarah my service manager is the same Danny my service manager in California who you'll get to meet he makes the time machines and then my son you know you know my son who who is who is 34 years old all he's known is DeLoreans all his life you know so you know that's crazy you know so um you know Yes, you know I, I, you know I'm the figurehead of the company, mm-hmm. but I've got a phenomenal team, you know, and even even the franchises that we've got, you know, the store that we've got in Chicago, you know, you know those guys, you know, live, eat, and sleep DeLoreans our franchise in in Florida, you know, Tony, uh, the the guy who uh, our owner of the franchise. In in um, in Orlando has owned every single important Delorean ever. He, he wow, owned really? he, he he owned the original prototype. He owned uh, 502, which was the prototype of the twin turbo. He owned the last Delorean that was ever made, um, and the list goes on and on. You know, so you wow. know, and and he's got and he's got an absolute drop dead. De- Gorgeous DeLorean, you know, that was his father's original car from when he was a child that he's restored and hung on to all these years, you know, so, you know, it's not just a job with us, it's a life, you know, that, that, that there's no, you know, that's no question of that.
0: Wow. I mean it's incredible. Um so before I let you go, I got to tell you one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that you registered so you own the DMC which is such an iconic logo on the front of the car. Uh and it's De- yeah. so you, so you it's DeLorean Motor Company. Yeah. I grew up thinking it was DeLorean Motor Company and only till I started researching it that I realized that originally jo- John DeLorean's company was called DeLorean Motor Cars. I just yes. <laughs> I just learned that because yes. I always thought it was supposed to be DeLorean Motor Company like most of the automotive companies that were out there. I yeah. thought so that was kind of yeah. interesting. And also, I spent one year, uh, one winter in Boston, and then moved out from LA, out to LA directly after that. So, uh, (laughs) So yeah, I I get it. Yeah, and that was after spending a a lifetime in Chicago winters. So that tells you about Boston winters, how bad they are. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, well, well, that was me. You know, obviously, growing up in Liverpool, England, the north of England is is not is not is not you know you know the best days of summer is 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 still not great. You know, and such a long gray winter. So. you know, so coming to you know, coming to you know, eventually California and even now in Texas. You know, it's uh, I, I'm am a fair weather person. I've got to say, you <laughs> know, it's fair.
0: At least you know it. Um, well, this is incredible. I love what you're doing with the company, um, and and I can't wait to see uh, these things on the road when they finally get their act together and you guys start producing these things again.
1: Yeah, well, we're excited to do it. Very frustrating waiting, but uh, yeah. we'll get there. It'll be we, worth you, it. Know, you know, we, we haven't wasted 35 years to not do anything.
0: No, no, absolutely not. Uh, Stephen Wynn, thank you so much. CEO of DeLorean Motor Company, uh, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. Happy to talk about the project. <laughs>
0: awesome. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night. Fascinating Nouns is a Glencoe production and is hosted and produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The show producer for this episode was Sarah Brandt. The Fascinating Nouns Introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and E. A. Barrientos with music and sound design written and performed by E. A. Barrientos. If you want to learn more about this show, go to fascinatingnouns.com. It's a great website. You can find more information about this week's guest. You can listen to previous episodes. The entire library is there. And if you want, to keep up to date with things we're doing, things that are going to come up in the future, you can follow us on social media. Scroll to the bottom of the page and find links to the show's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube pages all at the bottom of the Fascinating Nouns webpage. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. And if you like this show, you're going to love my other podcast, Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies. The website is FGGBT.com. That's FGGBT.com. I take a team of experts, take a piece of pop culture technology, and tell you how to make that in real life. We talk about the Everlasting Gobstopper, the T-1000, Spider-Man's web shooters, Harry Potter brooms. It's incredible stuff. FGGBT.com. And if you like those two shows, you're going to love everything that I do. Go to Daniel jglenn.com to learn more thank you for listening end of transmission